took care of my grandmother and you know sometimes the work of women is unseen it has a value um but sometimes it's not honored so hey y'all welcome back to living millennial this is Brittany. it's mandisa and we have today skylar marie mccurin but i also answer to Beyonce. oh yeah <laughs> I know that's right, Queen. I know that is right. And this is our last our series. <laughs> last Forgive in the me. series, Someone You Should Know. Someone You Should Know. Oh, I like that. That's a kid name. You like Someone that? You should, Someone you should know. Oh, I'm somebody you should know. I like that's that. right. And that's for you, Queen. And Skylar, for sure, is someone that we should all, all know. I'm happy to know you. Uh, well, I feel so privileged and excited to sit down and have some conversation about black women, yes. equity, lack thereof, and most importantly, what you can do to get yours, because God knows we deserve it. And more. Mm-hmm. Facts. All facts. So a quick little background. <laughs> <laughs> so a quick little background of actually how I met Skylar. Here in San Diego, we had a weekend, actually, for black women um the first that saturday they had it was early march Mm -hmm. and that saturday they had um a summit called black women saved my life Mm -hmm. and skylar spoke at the summit she did a presentation about self-advocacy um and equity and um i was blown away and a piece one thing that she had said that made sense to me or really did that hit me was basically like just do it like mm-hmm. get over yourself basically and go out there and make your ask like you're not going to get what you want if you don't make your ask and then after that I had gone to a um, another seminar of yours another presentation of yours um, and that just kind of capped everything off for me so I'm going to shut up <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to allow uh, Skylar to tell the audience about herself um, and blow everybody away Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you both for having me. Um, You know, I'm really excited because, Brittany, first of all, before we go into anything, Uh I want you to share with your fellow (laughs) sisters, your community, Mm -hmm. about what you went out and did. Mm. So what I went out and did was I got over myself um, and I applied for a job that would have otherwise intimidated me. Months ago, I would have never even applied for it because the job description was like two pages long, it felt like. Um, But I went for it and I applied for it. And um, some weeks later, after the interview, they called me and they were like... You're hired. Hello. Basically. And let's talk about um, that math, girl. Tell me so. about how they're paying you. <laughs> because that's the part, and I want to interject there because mm-hmm. that's the part that is the hardest and the scariest part of yeah. looking for work. It's like we all dread that question or we mm-hmm. dread, am I supposed to start it? What if they don't ask me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to seem greedy? What am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. What about this? And I need to undersell. And like all yeah. of these things that go in and people just don't know what to do. So in this conversation, what I want, it, of course, is to illuminate and give the transparency of what mm-hmm. the language and all those things sounds like. So that when somebody else goes out there and they get to that part. It's like, don't trip. Like, that is the least of your worries now. Yeah, true. You don't have to be afraid. So what Skylar was talking about is that big ask, right? Or mm. really the demand. So on the phone interview, you know, the I got the classic question, what salary are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already done my research in the market. I went for it. I told him exactly what it was. <laughs> like, What was the number? Um, the number was 56 thousand mm-hmm. beautiful now mind you you guys i'm coming from like i do have my bachelor's but typically working i am coming from a very customer service based and sales based um background mm-hmm. um so on average and I, i'm going to be transparent on average i think i was making like maybe thirty-five thousand a year yeah <clears throat> and that was like the max right <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, that's $25,000 that you just got because (laughs) you asked. Because I asked. Yeah. Yeah. We can finish this interview. (laughs) We're done. I love her. Um, Mm. So I told him, now I'll be honest, it wasn't as clean as I wanted it to be because I was like, it feels clunky. Yeah, yeah. 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 But but typically, if anyone asks me that, I'm like, oh, like 40K is fine and Mm, whatever. But but no, I was like, no, like 56. Um, So when, and that was just for the phone interview. So after he told me I got hired, he was like, they accepted your salary. Mm. And I started choking up, y'all. Like, literally started choking up. I was like, yeah. uh, uh, uh. 
on a bus stop choking up. So it was it's 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 a big deal. It's well, a big deal. this is the thing. Like this is. Thank you so much for answering that question. Like how much money? Because. I cannot tell you that smoke and mirrors of like, mm. you need to understand the mm-hmm. math of that and even mm-hmm. understanding like what those numbers sound like because someone can be going for that very role and they're going to be undershooting themselves mm-hmm. by uh, like naturally a good $16,000. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's like the difference of, of rent in San Diego every single month. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference between, you know, also this is what I want to speak to is the cumulative effect of you doing that. Like that's just the first time you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know again, there will be a time it's time for me to make another ask, mm-hmm. not just in this relationship with my employer, mm-hmm. but with my future partner, with the people I'm dating, the people I'm working with, with my friends, with my mm. church, with where I volunteer, all of that. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at $26,000 right now, mm-hmm. but that's not $26,000 next year. Facts. So, <laughs> I, and, and one of the things that I want to stop and stick a pin in and ask you too. So the recruiter asked you what your salary was. Mm-hmm. You said the number, then what happened? He said, Okay. Okay, so <laughs> I want to say because normally people are like, "This is what I do." So Brittany asked me how asked me how much money, what my rate is. Okay, what salary are you looking for? What's your rate? Well, I'm looking to start anywhere between fifty five and fifty seven. And also, I'm willing to, like, have a conversation so that we can meet in the middle because most important is I just want to work at this job. And if that doesn't align with your budget, then that's something that I'd be more than happy to be flexible with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said you stayed quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he well, said, ish. okay. Quiet-ish, yeah. Quiet-ish. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's like even that part of it is like the conversation is just so uncomfortable yeah. that we want to fill when all of our nerves take up all of that space and just staying quiet to say like, that's the number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the very first time that I went through this process and I negotiated for myself, uh, I had asked for a salary raise one time before. I got a little bump up, but not a lot. And my colleagues were making like $100,000 more than me. Mm. And we were doing the same work. And in fact, I was doing work at their level and if not better. (laughs) And um, I went in and still asked for half of what they were making. And Mm. they pushed me closer. Mm -hmm. So I was making 50, but because I was starting at 45. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about how like in a company that can sometimes happen. So like, first of all, half of my colleagues had started in and got hired in on a sales matrix. So they were like already Mm -hmm. coming in with a, with like from a commission department. I never did. I started as like a temp. Then I worked my way to like a slow, like the lowest level administrative role. Uh Then so, so in that climb, the, the math of that just looked very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like realizing for the first time how much money and I just was, I just was, I was freaking infuriated. Yeah, I was crippling. enraged, <laughs> enraged. And yeah. I couldn't understand, you know, like it, I know it's my age. I know it's my race. I know that a combination of different things I just was feeling, you know, yeah. you know, and still I went in there and I asked, I did my research on like Glassdoor, which at the time is nowhere near as robust as it is now. Yeah, yeah. facts. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> Glassdoor was like some, it was like, it felt like Reddit at the time. Like that's, it was like some yeah. like under the ground, people writing comments about what yeah. it's like to work at a company. People were like, did you use on Glassdoor? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all like, on, like, like Reddit levels. level, but So the work that I've started doing in the last year alongside my um, colleague and mentor, Anne-Marie Hoftailing, is really fueled by uh, my own need. And I became the person that I needed. Uh, She was my person. I got really lucky to meet someone who helped me navigate this process Mm -hmm. of of just making and asking for money. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, disgusting. I'm so sorry. My (laughs) subject to me, they're just... I still need to let you ask a question. I'm still answering the first question. I told you. You were about to answer. I told you. But you were about to answer um, the second question. Yeah, okay. So, how I got started. First of all, (laughs) let me. (laughs) Wait, you didn't even let me. Tell about yourself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tell them. 
What you do? Okay. <laughs> so my business <laughs> is La Red Balloon, mm-hmm. and I am a pay negotiation coach, a pay negotiation and self advocacy coach. I also am a speaker, a facilitator, and an MC. Mm. So sometimes companies hire me to facilitate a panel or to speak at a gala or to represent their organization or to host it or MC it. And sometimes they invite me to come in and deliver training that I've written or that I've studied. So I was a fashion stylist first focused on working with women in leadership so a lot of my clients they're like the only female or the only person of color not just at their level Mm -hmm. but the entire organization and their clothing became this conversation that it just became such a bigger conversation than it needed to be like from you know like I see both of you like how your your person how you dress your person it's like this thing it's kind of like an effortless like sometimes with style you have that if that's what you've grown up with that eye you know like right. you like to do that you know mm-hmm. and for some people it's like really a struggle and sometimes it's a struggle for me too and trying to figure out yeah. what to where I'm gonna go and I know mm. hey not only am I gonna be the largest woman there I know I'm gonna be the blackest woman there right. I know I'm gonna be the only black woman there mm-hmm. I know all these other things so then the stakes are kind of like a little bit higher in terms of when you're thinking about what to wear. So I work with women in that type of space. So I used to say the intersection of social justice and styling. Um, So Mm, styling's great and I enjoyed it. However, as of May 1st, I officially am no longer doing that. I'm focused solely on pay negotiation because it's imperative that people who deserve it get paid what they deserve yes indeed which i just want to chime in and say y'all can't see (laughs) skylar right now but (laughs) is looking fly thank you i can't even like just beautiful goddess chic (laughs) i'll take it yes (laughs) i'm wondering about le red balloon and where the the background and of, of that image um and the name comes from Oh my gosh. Okay, so I fell in love with Red Balloons in college. Mm. And they, they became a um, kind of like a personal symbol. I like I call, call them markers. So, yeah. like, I know I'm supposed to be somewhere when I see a particular thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so, when I see Red Balloons or butterflies, I know I'm supposed to be where I'm standing. Mm. Red Balloon started uh, when I started my business seven years ago. I've been doing it full-time for three. Uh, It's definitely been a challenge, but that all started the day that um, I saw Sex and the City promo. (laughs) (laughs) It's the basic bitch in me, and I was like... (laughs) Oh my god, these red balloons. There's like a promo with red balloons and I just like I, for some reason like I it stuck with me so deeply. I cannot explain it. I called my best friend. I was like, "Jazzy, these red balloons. <laughs> Girl, this is everything. This is th- these symbolize like everything to me. They <laughs> symbolize like audacity and it symbolizes like taking up space, yeah. symbolizes like freedom." So my friends started giving them to me all the time and then I started Aww. seeing them special times in these very like weird way like and in a way where it's like you know like the week of my uh ted talk i was so scared and i kept thinking to myself like i don't i can't do this i can't do this and i kid you not i look up and there's a red balloon thrown in front of my car on the 805 for like five minutes on the freeway in front of me no other balloon no other balloon just a red one Mm. um the 15 red balloons stuck in the tree the red balloons falling out of the window, like all these different oh times God. when I needed it. When I've ever seen a red balloon. Yeah. <laughs> the last well, you might that. see them. Well, I think that it's kind of interesting. It's like the same thing with a car. You get a car and you notice how many people start driving the yes. car. Yes. There's just like special things that you just keep an eye out for. So that's yeah. where the balloons start. All right. I mean, we unpacked a lot. Right. <laughs> Already. In one question. And I told you. <laughs> it's no, I mean, and, and, but all that is helpful and all that is necessary. You've already addressed all the things that um, we typically don't talk about every day. And that's just, especially being uncomfortable discussing money in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, me personally, I'm from Chicago. When it comes to money, that's something you do not discuss mm-hmm. whatsoever with mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. So like even just now when you were like, oh, okay, what was the amount like of what mm-hmm. my ask was? Like 
just naturally I felt uncomfortable, but I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like, let's be, let's go ahead and be transparent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if that's what it takes to move forward, then that's what it takes to move mm-hmm. forward. Right. And to start to, you know, be a part of the movement, then that's what it takes. But typically girl mm-hmm. no <laughs> well know you know and I have to say good. like I and remember so in our class we had someone an attorney who's one of our sponsors that said how much money she makes and how much more money she made in the last two years mm-hmm. and like you know while it was a delicious number mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh <laughs> you know it's also really helpful because again we'll automatically it's helpful. It's helpful to see what the possibility yeah. is, yeah, yeah. and also to take stock of the leap that you just made. I mean, twenty five thousand dollars. Again, that's just what it is now, but that's the difference between in a few years you being able to purchase property, right. you being able to stay single black woman in an expensive city, and not have mm. to make a relationship decision yeah, based off of. Also, if how you're going to make your ends meet, Mm -hmm. you know, that's which is what I think about all the time. So, you know, that's just a big damn deal. (laughs) That's a big damn deal. Like you made that happen. And so I just feel so I just feel so like that just. It just floors me and excites me and invigorates mm-hmm. me. Like when people tell me like what they're able to freaking do. Yeah. 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 That's power. And I will say this. Mm-hmm. It is. It's yeah. true power. And I will say this. I just had a big shift in my life recently, but that was definitely a big part of it. Um, listening to you, also listening to um, my friend Erica, who was actually on our sixth show when we talked about ghosting. Hey, Erica. Because she is that. Ghosting is hot butter garbage. Oh, okay, let's not get started. <laughs> so, just FYI for anybody thinking about doing that, you best own it and just say, I can't be here anymore. Don't just disappear. Some people don't deserve that energy, but let's, let's Bro, not go there. No. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there, guys. Mm, okay, fine. That was um, episode six. Continue. <laughs> um, but she was a big part of that, too, because... Um, you know, she she was like, girl, you out here in these streets volunteering for everybody, working for everybody for free, mm-hmm. and you got bills to pay. Right. And you out here, you you settling for, you know, these small jobs, like, go out for those big jobs, like, because you are you, mm-hmm. and they're going to see that, and, like, everybody's going to see potential. So it was, like, a, it was just a number of things, and um, ironically, it was, like, nothing but beautiful black queens who spoke life into me. Mm-hmm. That pushed that, and you are were definitely one of them for sure. Um, but what I want to do though is, I mean, we're already comfortable. Typically, I like right, to do right, this right, before right. we get comfortable, but mm-hmm. we're already comfortable. But we'll still do this. Um, we're gonna play Never Have I Ever. Okay, my favorite. I love it. Favorite. Okay, we got a few of them out here. It's you know they're not as crazy as they usually are. If you've ever done it, tell the story. Mm-hmm. Or okay. if it's ever happened to you, tell the story. If it hasn't. Just listen to the story, okay? Okay. Never have I ever been sneezed on at work. Mm-mm. I have not. All right, here goes my story, y'all. <laughs> so people that know me, like, know I'm such a fucking germaphobe. It's not even funny. Like, if I, I can, like, hear a sneeze and know it's not covered. <laughs> and I will say, <laughs> and I will say something like, oh, that was not covered. Go wash your hands. Like, right? Right. So um, my coworker actually did this twice so i was sitting next to him he's on the phone and i can see him like kind of moving a little funny or whatever and he turns over <gasps> but he turns towards me so was there someone on his other side no he has he no, there's no one out there he turned towards me and he sneezed twice mm. and immediately i jumped and i looked at him like he was crazy <laughs> But he did it two, he did it again two times and then he did it another time the next day and I was like, Oh, this ain't this won't happen again. Right. Like, that's nasty. You're disgusting. From now on, cover your mouth while I'm over here. Did like, it touch you? Gross. Did one of the dots I'm sure drops they do. touch you? I'm sure they did, but here's but all the sneezes like they fly. Of they fly. So I'm sure it was like everywhere. So I had like hand sanitizer on deck. But yeah. yeah. And I have this conversation at work all the time and like one of my old bosses used to be like, Well, you know, it's it's not like getting on you, blah blah blah. I'm like, no. It's called And airborne. also it's called common fucking courtesy. Like try. Yeah. Anyways, so that's why I put that in there because I want to tell that fucking story. <laughs> so the next one, never have I ever asked for a raise. Yes. 
Yes. I'm actually going to tell a non-success story. Oof. Um, yeah. But I was educated in the process of it. So I am a freelancer. I'm a freelance stage manager. Um, but I do work at uh, a couple of the, the Lort uh, equity theaters in town. So one of them I asked, maybe this was last summer I went in. Uh, I think it was because I was planning on moving and I was like, okay, I'm moving into my own place, a studio, which means my rent's going to be higher, which means Mm -hmm. that's more coming out of my pocket. So I did some math, did some different percentages and I was like, okay, I want X amount of percent. And so I went in and again, I had that nervous energy mm-hmm. like I could feel it all in my chest mm-hmm. and in my throat those chakras shout out to, mm-hmm. to Cole mm-hmm. um, which is very human right that's very human uh, I went in and I sat down and we were going over my contract anyway for that particular production and I said I brought up the the raise um, and they told me no because um, the the institution which I don't think them being nonprofit, but they're under a certain, um, it's called favorite nations where if they, they can't really give people a raise because then they'd have to, it would affect the rest of their freelance hires that they do for the rest of the season. Um, and that's what I thought too. So, (laughs) so one of the things that I want to say is like, that's where negotiation is so helpful because but again when you don't have the when no one tells you okay because most of the time sometimes not most of the time I shouldn't say that that's an assumption a lot of the time a company or an organization they're trying to figure out this budget that they have right and so it's in their best interest always to make a choice Mm -hmm. that will get somebody by, but also saves the company, right? Right. And so while they were saying, well, if we do that for you, mm-hmm. what could end up happening is we have to do that for everyone, and it could also keep us from having to get another freelance freelancer. Which So, okay. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Okay, well, <laughs> right. Sometimes, okay, so sometimes, and with a, like, union and things like that, like, that's its own set of issues that can right. still be worked through. However, what what you also could have said, and I say this as like a, for anyone listening because I've I I have learned it through this way. Okay, then I would like um, for you to cover my parking and transportation and bus fare. Right, other avenues. Yes. Yep. I would like for you to, you know. Um, connect me to like two other organizations that you know like and give me like a very very beautifully thoughtful written introduction to someone who can hire me here 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 Boom. or something like that right. you know because sometimes that does really happen like there really isn't money in a budget or they really can't right so one of the things that Amory uh has taught all of us to say is to say okay what needs to occur mm-hmm. For to get me closer to this because sometimes it's like okay the systems are like they're clashing right so there might be something a loophole they can do like give you a stipend Mm -hmm. do this this or this so that you can have that what needs to occur to get me closer to this yeah and or you can say all right fair I understand that I hear what you're saying and because you always say and not but you validate what they say I hear that you're saying that and that we would then have to give everyone else a raise. Yeah. And I would still like to have a conversation and what needs to occur in order for me to have like my, you know, in lieu of what's the word I'm looking for in lieu of direct payment, Mm -hmm. I would like you to do and then list out another term because terms are just as important as the dollars. Boom. Facts. Yes. So what did you say when they said that? Uh, I know parking was included in that, uh, to have a parking pass. I feel like some lunches were covered, too, because they Mm. occurred during Mm -hmm. meeting times. Uh, (laughs) 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 And so here is, let me, let me just read a bit. Just going back to what Favored Nations is. Um, Favored Nations clauses are relatively simple to describe. They are a contractual commitment that no other relevant party will receive better or more advantageous Mm -hmm. terms from the party Mm. making the commitment. In the entertainment industries, 
uh, in film, TV, theater actors, uh, and investment agreements is where they are most often found. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah. Well, which which is really important and, and necessary to discuss because a lot of people work for a union right. or they work in a particular system where it's like you're only allotted, for example, I had a conversation with someone on the way here who's a uh-huh. teacher. And so the the salary bumps are very rigid and they mm. have to be. And so that's what we were talking about. Okay, then that doesn't mean we still can't ask for something. Right. So, you know... Even if it's not in the terms of like when we think of like um, an amenity or parking or a stipend or things like that, you can also ask for things to get you closer to what you want in a professional career. Like I need you to write a testimonial. I need you to let me use images from like this, this, like from these different productions, royalty free. I need to be able to own those images so I can use them. Mm. Um, I need you to introduce me to the following three playhouses, directors, because of this particular thing, thing, this and this and this. So there's like other things you can always ask for something. Like even if you can't get money, there's still something to ask for. For sure. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I I do want to point out that it's important to do the research. Mm -hmm. um, Because if you don't know what to ask for, then... don't ask. You don't no. stay quiet. Right. And then don't ask, right? Because you can set yourself up. Right. So I do think it's very important to do the research um, and also know exactly what you want going into it. Like, I knew I wanted um, a certain pay. I knew that I wanted a job that would either do tuition reimbursement or free tuition. Mm-hmm. And this does that. I knew I, I knew I wanted a job that had a gym and we got a gym mm-hmm. and a pool. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you know, and I also, I did want something closer, but the only exception closer to home. Um, but the only exception would be a, if it was still going to be far, that it would be a, a job that was worth the pay right. mm-hmm. um, and worth the commute. And it very much is. So, um, definitely we need to go into knowing like what we want. Um, I'll go ahead and answer that question too. I have asked for a raise before and it was at a few jobs ago for me and um, they did not give me a raise. Now they've given me raises before I've gotten, you know, little promotions or whatever, but living in San Diego, like, Mm -hmm. come on now. If you're (laughs) making honestly less than like 17 or $18 a month, um, and wait. that's one person making sorry an hour, an hour. forgive me Jesus like less than like 17 or 18 dollars um, an hour like I honestly don't think that you can really live too comfortably but you know it's just a lot going on and um, you know with the last promotion that I had gotten at this job I was only making like 14 25 but I was still doing a lot of work Granted, for some folks in San Diego, I'm sure that would have been acceptable. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I sat down and I asked for a raise. And I kind of already had this planned out originally. But, um, you know, they, they just said no. I was like, I, I asked for a raise. And I also asked for, my main ask was for weekends off. Because I'd been there for two years. Yeah. Um, I was working like six days a week for six months. Um, and I'm like, I just need weekends off. Just do something. They said no to all those things. I was prepared to do this. At that moment, I put in my two weeks. Okay, right. I think that that's really helpful and insightful because sometimes, like, the wor- let's say the worst... Well, no, I don't want to... Because the worst case scenario could always be worse. So let me think about that. <laughs> no, let's say, for example, you ask and then you find out this company there's nothing for you here like there is no room there is no space it is not happening and there's nothing they can do for you like in terms of your advancement really though there's nothing because you've you've explored all of those Mm -hmm. then you know and then you know that it's time to look at either a new not just automatically a new industry but at least like a new company and and at least you knew that Mm -hmm. instead of thinking or operating under the assumption that one day, yeah, it'll it'll change. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, which yes. is what I was doing originally, to be honest. But I learned mm-hmm. my lesson, like you know, especially not just with this company, but other companies too. Yeah. I definitely learned my lesson, um, and I had people who were like working there that were like, "Girl, you're doing too much for nothing." Like, mm-hmm. you're not gonna do nothing. Like, they're not doing nothing with you. Uh, you just you just doing a lot, and it finally hit me. Like, you know what? 
You're goddamn right. I am doing a lot. Mm -hmm. And they ain't giving me shit for it. Um, And I've heard of other stories where a number of people have, I mean, they fucked a few other people over too who were doing the most for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I am glad I got out of there when I did. And I had already gotten a job prior to me even having that conversation with them. Mm -hmm. I just didn't accept it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was that was my first time actually asking for a raise any other time before that I just waited for I just waited for Mm -hmm. one you can make an ask at any time I'm sure there are specific industries where possibly you can't I I can't speak to that necessarily yeah in terms of being strategic about when to ask Mm -hmm. that is something Mm -hmm. that I can definitely speak to because you should not make an ask right after, like the week after a bunch of layoffs and right. it's all a mess, right? <laughs> like yeah. you um, should not make an ask if you have absolutely no idea what your contingency ask is going to be if you get a no mm. and have all these backup things of what you could negotiate for if they if the money isn't exactly what you're wanting. Yeah. Um, but being really strategic and thoughtful about when to, like before somebody's reviewing a budget or looking at the budget mm-hmm. and allocating that for the next year. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, you're in education thinking about having that conversation at the end of the school year, like right after you get your placement for the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of thinking about when to ask, that's really important, the timing of it. Um, but... I know that your employer, if they penalize you for making an ask and for advocating for you, if they, but see, this is the thing that's really difficult. A lot of people don't want to ask because we know that women and especially people of color are taxed at times for making an ask. Facts. So mm, there, okay, let's talk about tax, the tax for asking, because that's a very real, real, real issue. And that's exactly part of the reason as to why it makes it difficult. I know that as a black woman, when I walk into a building and I know that I know when I'm the first person that looks like me to be getting a check from the institution that it's coming from. I know that I can feel it in my bones. I can smell it in the foyer. I can feel it when I pull into the parking spot. I just know. Especially because the way my voice sounds when I show up, they're like, we wasn't expecting you. And I'm like, surprise. Boom. Pause. Let's unpack that. Because I've had that before. Oh, yeah. So one of my jobs back in Chicago, um, one of my bosses at the time, it was his first year being like a manager or whatever. And I was a supervisor. And um, we became close over time. And he admitted, he was like, oh my, like I saw your name on the paper. I thought you were going to be like some redheaded, freckle face white girl. That's like, very specific kind of white people. But right? Sure. right? He's like, oh, Brit- uh, you know, oh Brittany McClellan, I thought you were going to be, I was like. That's your Irish. Like, I thought he, it's like, well, I get that too, but. So oh. there are some things that we keep to ourselves. <laughs> there are some things, it's like. But that's privilege. We can right. just say whatever we all fucking feel like saying. It's just like. Listen. Okay, listen. I was like, we're cool and all, but. Mm. Let's unpack that. Well, you know, and honestly, one of the things that I've had to work through, too, is the privilege that I have from my voice sounding like this. Mm. You know, there I know, I know, seriously, like, I know that sometimes I'm asked to speak at a certain event mm. or I'm getting an opportunity because of the way that my voice sounds and also because of the way that I present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is, you, I mean, it does no service to argue and say that you don't have privilege in particular contexts because every single context that's always what you're evaluating, mm-hmm. yeah. measuring, and understanding. So that's been a really an interesting process, too, realizing, okay, hey, by the way, I know I got this opportunity. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of. They thought I was the best person for it, and I wasn't. I, I presented as the best person for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best person for it. I connected them to the best person for it, who just happens to also have a voice that does not sound like mine and also does not look like me in any capacity. And I know that should that person get that opportunity, it would be like the bet they are the best person for it, mm-hmm. not just because they're the best person. And also the byproduct is that like, fuck you, <laughs> you now are like doing this radical thing with your presence, which is yeah. also like one of the things I, I had an old friend that used to say, like the protest is implied, like when you walk into a space, it's like, yeah. look, I don't even have to like just me being in here yeah. is already like some shit, you yeah. know, yeah. not to put that position 
which will naturally be placed upon their shoulders when they go into that room. Mm -hmm. But also just being mindful and like knowing that, that fuck, there's privilege in the way that I sound in the way that I dress and the way that I yeah. look. Yeah. yeah. I'm conventionally attractive. Yeah. It's just, just fact. Right. You know what I mean? For real. Like there's certain things that I will receive that maybe another woman, black, black woman will not mm -hmm. vice versa, depending on where we are and which currency is the yeah. most valuable where yeah. we are at in that time. Mm -hmm. So on that note, <laughs> mm -hmm. on that note, um, I want to talk about tax because there's hella tax, tax on tax on tax. So the fear of what will happen to you and how you will be retaliated for for disrupting a system, a process and a power dynamic that we have been taught to not confront. Mm -hmm. um, I learned to be an ambassador. I learned how to use my voice in that capacity, whereas being more confrontational mm -hmm. or more um or expressing justifiable anger mm -hmm. those types of things that's something i've always struggled with mm -hmm. that's something i've always struggled with yeah um because you know at least for me the priority is always survival i'm thinking about how am i gonna get out of here right, right. Yeah. so um and not just that but like how do i have to what do i need to do to make it and survive in this place that I'm in, in a way that is not going to strip me of my joy and freedom while I'm here when I already am struggling to be here. Ooh, so yes. that is like a really difficult conversation that all of us have to come to terms with. And this is what I have to say. I wish, and Anne-Marie and I talk about this all the time, and considering the fact that both of our upbringings are very different, they're like, not in terms of... Uh, in some ways, we're very similar, but then in, in some ways, like she as she shares her her conversation with money as a family and individually is very different than mine, just as it's very different from yours and yours. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that she always says, and I appreciate it so much in having this conversation, because this is a woman who also learned all of these sets of skills and then gave that set of skills to a black woman to go make money from herself. That is a different level of allyship as we use. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So when she says and coaches people and what I learned is like, you're coaching people through systemic barriers, not around them. And we're not mm -hmm. pretending that they don't happen. Mm -hmm. We're not pretending these things don't exist. I'm not pretending that this isn't scary as fuck going in and saying a number that you've never said. Yeah. I'm not saying that it is not absolutely horrifying to have somebody look at you and say, sorry, the answer is no. I know all of those so intimately. I still know those things so intimately. As you keep doing it, you get a little bit better each time. It feels, I love that you said how clunky and awkward it felt. Cause that's how sometimes when I'm still on the, a call or I'm talking about like, I'll, I'll, I'm like, fuck, I still did this thing and I didn't want to do it this way. And like, you know, it's like, okay, let me collect data information for the next time and mm -hmm. trying to look at it that way versus like whipping your own back with yeah. where you fell short. Because also you got 25,000 more dollars. You did. Mm -hmm. Brittany McCline, the non-redhead, <laughs> unfreckled face black woman <laughs> from Chicago got $25,000 more because she fucking asked. Yeah. So that is like some real power to be able to sit at a table. So even if they say no, you did this thing that right. it took generations before would never have been able to even do that. You walking in and asking like, that's a big damn deal. Mm -hmm. And not only like you have to do it for yourself, but every single person who comes behind you, you are making it a little bit easier for them yeah a little i was banging on the table and they already talked to me about being on the table because it goes in the microphone so if you all hear just a subtle it sounds like a booming in the background that's skylar that's over skylar. gesturing on the table so it's okay it's passion it's so passion really about that it. about that tax yes we will deal with that bridge when we get to it yeah also when you're dealing with microaggression and all that other stuff is like, I think it's super important to like, to document those things, to be really thoughtful about how to confront that. Yeah. And still, if you're getting paid what you deserve and you're dealing with that, mm -hmm. that's one thing mm -hmm. versus making a significant amount less. Yeah. 
to stay safe. Yeah. So safety is like a big, that's its own conversation. Um, but I've also learned that this is a different to view. This as a different type of safety. Like I know that I have a language and a set of skills you have an, an actual sentence of what to say when somebody asks you. Like, that is a life-saving critical tool mm-hmm. that every human needs. But for those of us in which this conversation and the tax is high, right, and they just don't know, we cannot place our own value at the mercy of someone else, especially yeah. if historically they may not be able to do that for a multitude of reasons yeah we are the ones that have to do that and it's why like we already have to do so much Mm -hmm. i hear that i hear that and when you sit at a table and this time like when you have a conversation that's not as Amory and I talk about, it's not rooted in anxiety or in ego or in fear Mm -hmm. you're having a conversation that's rooted in in facts, yeah. in math, mm-hmm. in unemotional dialogue. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking, I love that you were talking about the physical reaction, like you get into your chest. That's yeah. really like, you have to like trick your body. That's what Amory is to always telling, like, tell them to speak so slow, like oh, yeah. almost yeah. twice as slow Agreed. as you would normally talk to help your body catch up yep. because it's telling you to run the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. So all of those things, it's like we're taxed all of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're we're even taxed by people who we trusted would never do that. Mm-hmm. We're taxed by our own. We tax ourselves. We are taxed by people who who literally we share a bed with. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's tax that's where we we live in a society. There's yeah. just be tax, yeah. right? Yeah. And you being able to at least know that there's this tool that you can pull out of your pocket and really look at and say, how can I be in service to myself so that I can then be for other people? Yeah. Right. Yeah, feed yeah. my myself first right. yeah, yeah, yeah. because you, we all know you cannot feed from empty cups that's a right. fact Ooh. and that's just that's part of my little shift I've been going through I do want to bring a few things out um, because this is a show about um, first of all we celebrate black millennials mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's a community for black millennials mm-hmm. but it's for everybody really to relate to mm-hmm. um, but you know we can talk about generations before us um, and how even having this conversation could be like shocking to them, right? Yeah, yeah. To them, right? Because yeah. like I've had conversations with folks older and like they're just like, Don't stir the pot, you know, don't have like right. step away. Just set, like just be grateful for what you have. Right. And that's the mindset that I've developed. Right. Just be grateful that you get hired. Just be mm-hmm. grateful that you're there. Mm-hmm. Be grateful that you can clock in every day, right? Be happy that you have a job. But and like at what cost? But right. like one of my bills has to get skipped every month. So and also the metaphorical pot, as soon as you said that, I thought of, you know, if you're following a recipe, it tells you to stir the pot and you don't, what do you end up with? Charred shit on the bottom of your pot. That's your shit wasted. Oh, that's yes. so, that's so true. You get yes. that up. Okay. I'm that's true. Now you eat less. Yeah. You can literally take that auntie, the auntie's metaphor and turn it back and be like, but you know, you don't stir gumbo, it burns the bottom of the don't pot and the all gumbo. that shit goes wasted. Yes. Yeah. See what yeah. those auntie metaphors? <laughs> yes. That was really good. That yes. is. I'm glad and that that's recorded. true. Burns at the bottom. Burns sinks to the bottom. Okay, now yes. you guys Goes shit. to waste. Right. So definitely I want to know how can self-advocacy can mm-hmm. be helpful to millennials, but particularly black millennials. Oh um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is it's absolutely everything. And when I say life saving skill, I mean it is just that. This is. Let me get on my. Let me step on my pedestal. Excuse me. Step on up. Black millennials, we are positioned right now at this really interesting. I think that it's a very interesting time. There's more room to discuss things like privilege and white fragility, right? Like, Mm. there's more room to to have the conversation that about 
black tax, like, because we know that. And whereas before, I'm not saying that a a shit ton of people won't say, that's not a real thing. But, you know, (laughs) like, there are also more people that are, are recognizing that I understand that. I intellectually at least understand that. Right. Um, we carrying all of the internalized messaging, not just from the external world, but from our own families mm-hmm. on how to navigate that process. Now, I, my grandmother's generation, my parents' generation, I came from what would be considered a middle class to upper middle class family, For, especially in our community. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we look at that, yeah. the math just in our community. But still, there are conversations around money that I've never had with my parents mm-hmm. that I really that would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. There have been situations that I've had to navigate, and the only way I've learned how to do those things is to go through it. Mm-hmm. And some of those are very expensive. Like, for example, if my brother hadn't have told me, don't get a credit card when you start college, do not get a credit card when you start college, yeah. because of his financial mistake of what happened to him when come on I had someone gave me three thousand dollars as a 17 year old on a credit card that's how much my balance was and I said told them to lower it to 300 while they were coaching me to have it at a higher max Mm -hmm. so I'm incurring more debt but if my brother had not told me that which first of all who wants to have a conversation around their own credit card debt facts (laughs) who wants to have a conversation then who's going to especially if we're looking at older generations and and the the and i'm putting in quotes the way that respectful conversations can look like like that's not some excuse me you're gonna ask me that how dare you ask me about that Mm -hmm. even when i asked you how much money i felt that's don't ask her that (laughs) and i'm like it's even in those little actions mm-hmm. where it's like all of that stuff. Yeah. We have we have deeply, each one of us, for whatever layer of identity that we claim, mm-hmm. for whatever specific nuanced environment we grew up in, for all of the intersections of those things that make this conversation challenging for us in the ways that it's specifically challenging and then also in the same ways that it's like unifyingly challenging. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to ask for money we have to monitor and look at what we're making do the research to figure out if how much the salary ranges for these roles how do you stay up on that just as much as like we're focused mm-hmm. on like growing our credit and da 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 okay what when's it time for me to like use my voice to speak up for something to ask for what's fair that's what this conversation is it's asking for what is fair so if that is not a timely necessary thing for young black millennials for and for for, again for any person to learn to speak up for what is fair for yourself Mm -hmm. because so many of us were so good at if we saw something like look black lives matter is a perfect a perfect example there's some this is wrong right i'm going to use my voice my resources my time my community my energy so that this is being addressed but we don't take that same fervor and place it and direct it towards ourselves it's harder to do that for Mm -hmm. all of those reasons and so like even I was just talking and coaching somebody who had come through our class and I said you know when we intellectually talk about you know systems change and we talk about systemic barriers we forget that like we're the very people that we're trying to support so of course we get to be vulnerable too Mm -hmm. this is you know, like when I hear numbers like zero net worth, that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And I know that while I may not be able to write somebody a $50,000 check, while um, <clears throat> I may not be able to uh, grow someone's generational wealth, what I can do is tell them this skill set, this, this tool that can somehow not be the easiest money you'll make, but the simplest, mm-hmm. the fastest. Mm-hmm. Talking about fast and talking about all this rap music, flipping coin, please go in and ask your boss. <laughs> that may be that may be some of the quickest money that you'll make that you didn't think was possible. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we absolutely have to, have to, have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to share the language. Wait first, before you share the language. Up. 
I remember at your last presentation, you guys talked about um, how much uh, folks with bachelors and masters are mm -hmm. missing out on mm -hmm. um, when they don't make those asks. So what is right? Those? Because it blew me the fuck away. Okay. And I think this is, it was Harvard Business Review's study that has this particular citation. Over the course of a professional, a young professional woman's life, so mm -hmm. we assume her career history will be like 46 years, okay? So mm -hmm. if we look at those 46 years, mm -hmm. a woman with a bachelor's degree will miss out on $650,000 from not negotiating, and one with a graduate degree will miss out about one point five. But really, the statistic that that's where we quote it, but the statistic is mm -hmm. oh. we'll lose out on anywhere from $650,000 to $1.5 million simply from not advocating for yourself. Because think about how much money you're leaving on the table. A lot of the time we assume there's no money. They, they say there's no money in a budget mm -hmm. or like we're, th it's like, it is not your job to have to worry about where they're going to find it. Mm -hmm. It's your job to ask right. and see if it's there. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then what else can we ask for? So that you're still getting what's fair. Right. We're not asking you to ask for something you don't deserve. Just asking you to ask for what is fair. I had that language pulled up. This is crafted by the brilliant Anne-Marie Hoftailing, who is my mentor, colleague. This woman literally has etched a blueprint <laughs> with her own fingernails <laughs> for real, because that's what it takes like yeah. to craft away and then to give me the keys so that I can give other people keys. Yes. Um, and it is just overwhelming uh, to think about what this work entails. And I wanted to actually talk to you mm -hmm. about the emotional experience you've been having since. Because by the way, this work, when I started this, <laughs> woo, and for everyone, we always say this work is very emotional. Yeah. You will find yourself so lamenting all of the time in which you didn't do it. Mm, right. <laughs> and I start yeah. thinking about, oh, I lost a lot of friendships. Mm. I lost a lot. And in that yeah. up leveling, there were a lot of people that did not rise to the occasion. And that mm. was really hard to work sure. through. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, it's for the best, but it doesn't right. mean it's not hurtful. So it's yeah. just like, it's, it's some tough stuff. You know, we, we're doing yeah. a lot yeah. of stuff, yeah. like we're rewriting generational myths and like, I mean, it's just all casual yeah. in a matter of days. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> For those of you that are looking to have a conversation, this is the language that Madam Hoftailing has crafted. I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience, and my market value. Ooh. Mm. Market value. I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience, and my market value. I love market value because it's like, listen, you're not the only people out here. Right. Will take these goods. And I did the else. research. Yeah. And when 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 you all said that the presentation, I remember the whole room was like, oh. right. <laughs> like, just everyone just like let out this big yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god, like you know. We say it's church. It feels yeah, like church. It, yeah. Li literally. Um. And so the the cool thing about that is my mom actually was in the process of um, going for a promotion mm. basically and I was telling her about you know like how well you all spoke and everything you were talking about and I'd, I'd read yes. that to her I'd read that to her <laughs> and she goes oh text that to me oh did she do I it I said okay oh my gosh okay oh my gosh I'm so oh my gosh I'm so okay 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 so I texted I so I did just that I texted to her right I'm freaking out so long story short my mom got the promotion <gasps> okay she they it took a while to go through the negotiation uh -huh. from my understanding she got her asks and she got her promotion and she's doing her thing no. <laughs> and she's doing her thing um i'm sorry holy ghost you don't know you don't understand how fucking <laughs> she make me listen to me listen to me ooh 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 hold the phone hi ooh. mom <laughs> she listens on me congrats yeah <sighs> that's just me it just makes me want to cry and sing at the same time mm. i just hear that oh my gosh yeah. that just is un-fucking-believable yeah. yeah. well and here's the thing right 
Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Yeah, mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. Mama got the ass. So so going actually back to you wanted to know about like my emotional experience since um and it hasn't been like negative whatsoever. It's all been like it's been like this big purpose that I'm just kind of shoveling in and still trying to understand. Um, cause like, you know how sometimes you think like, oh, like I'm good. I'm the shit and my personality is great. But like, he's still struggling in other areas. Um, so I definitely had to like get through that. Um, but when HR, the recruiter called me Mm -hmm. and said like, I, you guys, I was still waiting for the bus. Okay. After leaving this interview. Mm -hmm. So when he called me, you know, at the end of the call, I was, I was already choking up, but my mom's calling on the other line. Because mm. I had called her before that. Uh-huh. Um, and she's calling the other line. And by this time, once I hear my mom's voice, I'm like, ah, I'm crying. Done. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And and I couldn't really say much. Only thing I could say was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And But then I'm laughing mm-hmm. at the same time, too. Right? And my mom's mm-hmm. like, Britt, are you okay? Britt, Britt. <laughs> and then she said she heard me say, like, thank you, guys. So she kind of calmed down. And then when she finally heard what I said, mm-hmm. and I come on, let's jump. She started crying and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, it was just five to six minutes of, like, crying and laughing to me and my mom. And yeah. um, it was just the, it was just, like, the most incredible experience because the story before that is I hadn't worked for like 10 months before this Mm -hmm. Um, and I was okay I was chilling for a little bit but like those last like four months or so um, were really really tight I was really really struggling Um, and my mom knew it Um, she you know she knew all about this which is a big reason why Mm -hmm. you know she kind of had the same reaction Um, but it was just yeah yeah. it was just a big awakening and like I said you were a big part of like a lot of the light that was spoken into me and just reminding like bitch you got a whole degree yeah Mm -hmm. like you worked your ass off for a long ass time Mm -hmm. like you talking about self-worth but you Mm -hmm. know like let's go out there and let's Mm -hmm. practice it in every aspect Mm -hmm. right like not just about relationships not just with friendships like Mm -hmm. let's talk about it too when we talk about work relationships Mm -hmm. and being a professional Mm -hmm. um so I had to I definitely had to step it up and so the emotional part for me is just like how kind of in all I've been of the things that mm-hmm. have come out of me, just like right. making those asks, right. making those demands, yeah. getting over myself and just like going out and doing the damn thing. And um, only thing I can say is just do it. Like if there's anything that you have in mind, anything that, that anyone wants to do, like just fucking do it. Like, honestly, yeah. the worst thing that can happen is somebody can say no. Mm-hmm. And right? then you turn and go down another street. And then you turn and go down another street. Yeah. Um, you know, you find another avenue, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, like I, I, at this point, like besides just being grateful and just in awe, like I really cannot articulate like what's happening at yeah. this moment. We'll circle like, back in a month. We'll so, right. <laughs> that's, so, that's just so thrilling like to me. That's so thrilling. And yeah. one of the things in class that we do when we say like we bring or when we're bringing other people along like you normalize the process for someone behind you mm. with the story of you doing this mm-hmm. you're going to teach someone else how to do it mm-hmm. you're going to tell them what that process looked like the emotional part of it the part of like this of staying quiet the part of all of that and then they're going to go do something your job is to coach them through that process just like we did you and yeah. you know that story with your mother it's just like Oh, I mean, what, like a collective down payment? Come on. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I encourage everyone who's listening, if you're thinking about, it's time for me to approach a conversation where you're basically just asking for greater equity in a relationship. It doesn't just have to be at your job. Um, maybe it's that you would like your partner to have an extra day of picking kids up from school. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's that you need to ask your kids to start making their own lunch. Um, maybe it's that you need to have a conversation with your pastor. Uh, whatever that is, um, you're worth the work that all of that requires. And finding the specific language 
uh, and the strategy, you can always reach out to me and I'll give everyone my website. Amazing. It's loveredballoon.com. L-E. So really, le, le. If I said <laughs> le, it's yeah. French, which is plural and that's the wrong spelling. So L-E. Yes. Red balloon. <laughs> two l's two o's dot com loredballoon.com and you can get in touch with me there and i can help coach you through the process of making your ask and if not you have these wonderful women to reach out to as a resource you now have the language of what to ask for so i'm gonna i just want to close my little piece by saying the following <laughs> things if you're gonna make an ask for work at work get your pens and pencils get your ready people ready one, you need to think about who you need to have this conversation with. If it's your immediate supervisor or one, one level above, think about when the right time is to make that ask. Um, maybe your review time is coming up. Maybe reviews aren't happening for another six months or you just had one. I encourage you to wait till after a project. Wait until maybe at least 90 days to reapproach that conversation if you didn't already. Um, and also, uh, we need to have a conversation that's unemotional and it's rooted in facts. So we don't say things like, mm. I feel like I deserve. And right. I, I think, no, I want my compensation to accurately reflect my contribution, my experience, and my market value. Yes. And we do that. And you've already done the research. The places where you can look are LinkedIn and also Glassdoor. Mm -hmm. Glassdoor is my personal favorite. I haven't really used LinkedIn for researching salaries, but you can sometimes find the salary range for a specific job in the actual company. Um, you can look and see for someone who's year one, year two, year three at this level. What is the range? Think about where you are at in terms of what to ask for, um, what you, how you can aim. I like to sometimes give a range and say I'd like anywhere from here to here to give a little bit of wiggle room. Mm -hmm. um, and also kind of that, but rather not to aim higher. Again, we're asking for what's fair. So that should be the guiding scope. Uh, so I'm going to do those things. Say that sentence, schedule that conversation with your employer, your boss. When you do it, talk twice as slow as you normally do. Sit down, sit all the way up, all the way up. Mm. Keep your hands on your lap. You can have a pen and a paper that has notes for what you're going to say. You can also take notes from them. Validate what they say. If they say, I need to have this conversation with so repeat it back. I'm hearing that you need to have a conversation. Is that correct? Mm. Yes. So that you understand. Cause also in that time when our nerves take control, sometimes we like almost black out and don't yeah. hear anything, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> write it down, repeat back. Also the language of someone says, well, right now in our budget, we don't have this. This is the following response. So you've already said, I want my compensation to accurately reflect my market value contribution experience. They say, blah, 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 we can't, or maybe this. Say, what needs to occur mm. to get me closer to this number? What needs to happen? Tell me, because then they're going to give you the exact steps. Right. You'll have a little more transparency as to what that looks like. Uh, so go out, make your ask. Yes. And for those of you that want to share, that would be so fantastic for them to tag themselves after they've made an ask. Yeah. Facts. And tag Living Millennial PC. That's right. On Instagram and Living Millennial Podcast on Facebook. Skylar, you literally just gave me life for the third time. Ooh. Oh, that my gosh. Time. Wow. I've Jeez. never given birth, but I feel like I, <laughs> I guess I have. Mother. So, yeah, I yes. guess I have. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for... Uh, really educating us, educating our audience. Um, this is a necessary conversation to have. Yes. I feel like each time, whether we have guests on the show or not, us coming in a room and sharing experiences and resources, mm -hmm. it's like 
as black millennial women, that's what we need. Especially when, for some of us, if you don't have the generation before you who, in your upbringing, or even now who you didn't have people who talk to you about these things and being together with people who can connect you in this way, who can level up with you and hand you the keys to hand to someone else. That's really Mm -hmm. what it's all about. And that's how we thrive together. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. And I think our our generation, honestly, is doing that like tremendously right now. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, fuck all this simple-minded shit. Fuck right. all this selling. Fuck all this like don't stir the pot shit. Like we're stirring right. the pot. Stir we're shit. learning about our history. Yep. Um. You know we're learning about all the colors of our history, and we are like we out here. Right. You know we live in our best lives. We're going out there to do what we want to do because the shit y'all leaving us behind. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Like you. It ain't nothing. So. With that being said, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being yes. a part of our show. Um, a very necessary conversation. I uh, definitely look forward to continuing the conversation. Um, again, audience, if anyone takes any information from today's conversation and you have success stories um, or even if you, you know, you bomb, who cares? We right. want to know. Did you do it? Did you do it? We want to know. So hit us up on Living Millennial Podcast on Facebook or on Instagram at Living Millennial PC. Um, this is Brittany. It's Mandisa. And this is Skylar. This is Thanks, Skylar. y'all. Thank, Thank you. you. What up, y'all? This is Brittany. I'm Mandisa. And I'm Jamal. And we're the host of Living Millennial. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. A, a podcast where you'll be hearing three different, different perspectives and emerging stories from three different millennials on everyday life and trending topics. That's our show. Tune in next time. Hey, more to come. More, more, more to come. Be sure to subscribe to our show. Follow us on IG and tell us what you think.